Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right. I heard a guy this week. I don't think it could have been better said when he said, Thanks to the Navy SEALs. Bin Laden finally got it through his head that we don't like him. <laughs> Come on, let's give our military, our nation a great hand. Let's give God praise for the victory that we got. Hallelujah, we finally got that sucker. Yeah, 10 years, took that terrorist down. Amen, it's a great day for us. Great victory for the United States of America. And I am proud to live in the greatest nation in the whole world. Think about where, think about where you could have been born. And you were born here. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't, we just, why don't we just lift up our military right now? Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for these soldiers. Thank you, Lord, for these men and these women who are continuing, Lord, to fight, Lord, for the cause of freedom and liberty. Father, we thank you for the great victory that, Lord, we, that we uh, accomplished this week, God. We thank you for our president's decision. He made a very wise decision, Lord, to, to make it happen. We thank you that it happened, Lord, Lord without injury to us. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that, that these criminals and the terrorists are being brought to justice as you have placed men, according to your word, as ministers of God to execute judgment. They bear the sword to bring judgment, to bring down the evildoers, and we thank you for them, Lord. We pray, God, that you would bless, continue to bless this great nation, the United States of America. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for helping our military to be vigilant in battle, vigilant in war, God. And, Lord, that they'd come home safely. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. The book of Romans, chapter 1. Today I'm going to give you three quick Keys, three I am's to being an effective witness. Three I am's to being an effective witness. And I want to say happy Mother's Day to my mother. Miss Ann is here today and in her pink dress. And she brought dad and he's, he's here too. And I want to say happy Mother's Day also to my beautiful wife as well. All of you, really. Great. But um, I'm going to be talking about moms throughout this message. But this, this message is for all of us today. Um, I just want to remind you how wonderful you are to God. How blessed you are to have the Savior that you have. To have the call of God on your life. That God would choose you and I for such an amazing cause to carry out his message that he would choose us to partner with him for his kingdom. Isn't that an amazing thought? That maybe at one time you thought it would have been neat to be able to do something for God, but God elevated you right up next to him and said, no, you're going to do it with me. You're going to do it with me. And Jesus Christ is building his church upon this rock. He said, I will build my church. And we're doing it with him today. Amen. I want you to tell your, tell your neighbor, I'm glad you came to church today. Tell your other neighbor, too. Don't leave them out either. Turn to the other side. I'm glad you came to church today. All right. 
Everybody say, I am a debtor. debtor. I am ready. I am unashamed. Romans chapter 1, verse 14, Paul says, I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Isn't that a wonderful message? It's the power of God for everyone who believes. Power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also for the Greek. Father, we thank you for these next few moments under the influence, the anointing, the power of your word. God, I thank you that your word is a seed. And Lord, when it is planted, it produces. And I thank you, Father God, that we can experience your life, the God kind of life in our everyday lives through the word that is planted in our lives and that grows and flourishes. Father, I thank you for helping us all here today to be reminded and to be charged and challenged and changed, God, to be effective witnesses for the cause of Christ, Christ and his message. In Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we thank you for all of our mamas here today. In Jesus' name, amen. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and unwise. Every day... Ladies and gentlemen, is an absolute gift from God. You know that today some people didn't wake up. You did. You did. It's a gift from God. And what you do in that day is your gift back to Him. Let me say it maybe a little stronger. You actually are in debt to Him. The fact that you're still sucking air today is proof that you are still in debt. Amen. You're in debt. You're in debt to God, but you're in debt to this world. That's why you're here. You're in debt to the people of this world, in debt to bring them a message that changed your life, the message that fell on your ears that changed everything for you, the message that has the power unto salvation. That message is, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And the Bible teaches us, whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. So we are all debtors as the creature and not the creator. We are in debt. As the redeemed and not the redeemer, we are in debt. Are you hearing me today? As the called and not the one who calls we are in debt. I see this lived every day in my house. I might not always recognize it or acknowledge it, but the fact is my incredible wife gets up every day like she owes our family her life. And that's exactly how she lives it. It's extraordinary to watch Heather Joe be a mom. I had no idea what I was getting into <laughs> the day I asked her to marry me. She certainly had no idea what she was getting into. But the, the, I, I think of when, I, when I'm, as long as I've been married to her, August will be 17 years. And I think of that scripture that says that in the ages to come, that God is going to continually show us the exceeding riches of his grace. 
He's going to continue. We're always, we're never going to get over his grace. For eternity, he's going to just show us new facets and new dimensions and new depths and new heights, new lengths. It's, it's extraordinary. But I got a little picture of grace in this wife of mine that every day this gift just keeps on giving. I think, it, to me, like clean underwear and socks and shirts just appear magically in the drawer. But if I take time to acknowledge it, I understand that she's the one that did that. And that the, the, the meals that are provided on the table are there by her because she's in debt. She feels like she owes. She gets up and she immediately starts paying she immediately starts paying the debt. And all, out of all the things that Heather accomplishes throughout the day, I mean, she does accomplish a lot. I can't ever get her to sit down, especially by the time, you know, the evening comes around, i got the kids down to bed, and maybe we've rented a movie or something. She, no. She'll get up, she'll go in the kitchen, say, what are you doing? It's movie time. What are you doing? No, i, I got to finish these dishes. And she's always paying the debt. And you know what? At the end of the day, she doesn't, she doesn't say, okay, look what I did today. I do that. <laughs> if I clean the house, I want her to know it for about six or eight weeks, right? I just want her to remind you what I did. Wasn't that awesome? Hmm? Didn't I do good? I want her to know it, and I want her to show it. Huh? And Heather does humor me at times. <laughs> That's, that's cute, Eric. You do once what I do every day. But children, they're just, they're like these creditors that just keep coming after you. No matter how much you give, no matter how much you, you, you they're waiting for the next payment. All right? Okay, that's great. Now what? What's the next payment? And so she's just continually in debt, paying and paying and paying. And I've, I've been amazed at how many of you have lived long enough as parents to know that your kids aren't always appreciative of what you do for them? Huh? You can always hear thank you. And you can even do something really wonderful and the next thing, just this demon of ingratitude <laughs> enters your child and takes over. It's like... <laughs> She doesn't mother them according to how appreciative they are. She doesn't wait for them to give her accolades before she makes the next step. She just keeps paying the debt, no matter what, no matter what. Why? Well, because someday they're going to grow up. They already are growing up. My oldest daughter turned 15 yesterday. Yeah, you say woo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of you have forgotten what it was like to have teenage daughters or teenage kids in the house, but it's a thrill. I'll say that. That's the nice word. It's a church word. But why? Because there's a return coming. And you only have them for so long, and then they're out there. But the incredible promise that you have is that you train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. So you just keep paying the debt. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. I thank God for my mom who continued 
to pay the debt. She did. Even, and she was somewhat glad when I moved out of the house as our grocery bill got cut in half after I moved out of the house and went to Christ for the Nations. There's five of us. One guy leaves, and the grocery bill gets cut in half. So you can see who the trouble was in our family when I was growing up. But uh, you know what? I just want to help you today and remind you, tomorrow morning when you get up and you get in your car and head to work, think about this. You're in debt. And there are people that are going to come across your path that need to hear from you. They need to hear that Jesus loves them. They need to hear this good news about a Savior who died for them and that religion ain't going to cut it with God. And no matter how many good deeds they do, that it's all about that man, Jesus Christ, who did everything that he could to save us. Are you hearing me today? You're a debtor. You're a debtor, You're a debtor to, to forgive. You're a debtor to love no matter what. You're a debtor to be kind. Come on. You're a debtor to pave a way so they can clearly see which way is the right way to go. You're a debtor to show them what a real relationship with God looks like. Are you hearing me? Look at verse 15. So as much as in me, I am ready. Everybody say, I am ready. He says, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. I am ready. I'm ready for whatever task. I'm ready for, for whatever conversation, for whatever sacrifice, whatever it means to take this message out there to this world. You and I must be prepared at all times. Paul told Timothy, be instant in season and out, ready at all times, because you're going into your day among hurting, desperate, as John Osteen used to say, sighing, dying, crying humanity who need a message of hope. And you must be ready, ready and willing, ready to live it, ready to demonstrate it, ready to preach it. Jesus showed up at a wedding in Cana, John chapter 2. Him and his disciples got invited to a wedding feast, and they got there, and they had run out of wine. His mother is also there, and she turns to Jesus. She says, they have no wine. And Jesus says, woman, what is that to me? My hour has not yet come. What is that to me? My hour has not yet come. Is Jesus telling the truth here? He is the truth. Right? He doesn't have, he, he can't lie. So my hour has not come. You know what she says? All right, Jesus, have it your way. No, she didn't say that. She said, whatever he says to do, do it. Then, okay, it's my time now. I mean, just like that. Just like that. She was Mary was ready. You know, you know why she was ready? Ladies and gentlemen, walking by faith keeps you in a constant state of ready. Are you hearing me? Faith is the, sub- now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's now. Now faith is right now in the moment. She was right now in the moment of faith. Hallelujah. And she said, whatever he says to do. And when she released that faith, Jesus could not ignore it. He couldn't ignore it. Well, he couldn't ignore the faith, and he had to also obey the command because he had written a command years before that said, honor your father and mother, obey your parents. And he, he's willing to do what he said too, right? So mama said it, and immediately Jesus is thrust into his ministry. He's thrust right into his ministry. I kind of had the same testimony. My mom did that for me too. I had no idea what was going on that day. Now, my dad has trained me up in the, in the Bible and the things of God and how to preach and theology and 
But my mom really is the one that got it all started. On a summer morning in Thackerville, Oklahoma, before Windstar Casino was ever even around, we went to a little church called Victory Chapel. And every Sunday morning, I would go up to the front when pastor would call, uh, Pastor Ronnie Roper, our pastor at the time, he uh, would call anyone up who wanted prayer that day. And so I, I had a habit of going up for prayer every Sunday morning because of the um, problem I had with my eyes. I had to wear glasses. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was already tough enough being the smaller kid in the class, but then to have the biggest pair of glasses <laughs> didn't help. I mean, not to pick on mom or dad or anything. I mean, I appreciate it. Didn't thin. Because it just made me a target for ridicule. And so, dad would help me. You know, he would say things like, I'd come home crying. Dad, they said I had four eyes. He said, just tell them four eyes is better than half a brain, son. <laughs> Which got me beat up. So, That wasn't really helping much. <laughs> so every Sunday, the pastor would call, and so I'd go up and get my eyes prayed for. And this, to me, was just one more regular reg Sunday. Get my eyes prayed for. And as I'm turning around to head back to my seat after they prayed, my mother says, hold on, pastor. I'd like to pray for Eric again. And, man, I'm telling you what, I was like, yeah. Two prayers equals eyes healed. <laughs> Today is my day. Today, these glasses are coming off. So, man, I was ready. I turned around, and I'm ready to, ready to get that miracle started. And then my mother says, I've been having these nightmares about him dying. <laughs> what? Mom, I was into this miraculous moment, and now I'm struck with fear and hope that I survive this service today. I mean, everything just turned in just a moment. Can we pray? And the pastor didn't help much, calm the nerves. He said, church, old AG preacher, pray like you never prayed before, you know. I'm like, <gasps> made me even more fearful. And in this little Pentecostal church, when they prayed, they prayed. Now, I mean, they didn't, oh, Lord, bless him. No, they're in the name of Jesus. And they're just, <laughs> got their hands all over me, and they're praying. I mean, we're snot and slobbers flying all over the place, and, and I have no idea, I have no idea the, the amount of time that has gone by here, except I just know that I am incredibly afraid all of a sudden. I mean, everything was looking so good, and I just want to go back to my seat. I don't want this all to go away right now. And I was scared. And in the midst of all that chaos, what felt like chaos, God was at work because my mom was ready. She was ready to do something. She had committed me to God, and she was ready to see something happen. Are you hearing me? Listen to me. All of a sudden, I felt a touch on my head. Now, I had people touching me. It's kind of like when Jesus said, who touched me? And Peter said, uh, who isn't touching you, Jesus? It was a different kind of touch. I felt just on the top of my head, and I felt this warm rush, just whoom, down through my, and I thought my spirit just went right out of my body. I thought it was over. I went, Dad! Opened my eyes and Dad's standing in front of me like. And I said, I'm supposed to preach, Dad. I knew right there at that moment God had 
touched me and marked me for the rest of my life. I knew I was, and from that day forward, it was different. My life was different. That not that we we get home we get home that day uh, for lunch, and mom, oh man, she made these the chicken fried steak and these red red skin potatoes that my my grandparents grew in their garden, in that Oklahoma sand, and they've got butter on them. You know what I'm talking about? Are you hungry yet? And I'm sitting there looking at that. I'm 10 years old, almost 10, or yeah, 10. And, and I'm, I'm looking at that plate, and I have no desire to eat. I, I feel so weird. I feel so strange, and I just tell, Mom, I, I can't eat. And of course, then she's, she thought she was ready, but <laughs> and she's looking at me like, what's going on with that kid? So I go into their room, and I grab my dad's King James Bible, and I lay in their bedroom, and I'll, I'll, I just remember reading the book of Psalms. All afternoon, I just read the Bible. I just felt like I had to read the Bible. I, don't, I didn't understand the Bible necessarily, but I just I was reading the Bible. That night, we had church. And we were in a circle in front praying. And I prophesy. To, I, I had no idea what was going on. I just knew everything had changed. My whole life would just, and even, even later on through the years, as I, as I was growing up and, and struggling with that, whether I really wanted to preach or not. And, I, and so I started a rock band. Oh, man. And we played. And, we, and I thought I was going to do that f- forever. And, and, but I still had that thing on the inside that just kept, telling me I'm supposed to preach. I, I kept going back to that moment. It was so powerful, and God made it so real that I, I could never escape it. And so you are fortunate today to be sitting here <laughs> under the preaching of a guy who was called in southern Oklahoma at 10 years old because his mama was ready. Mama was ready to see something. And let me tell you something. If you ever, anybody ever had mom pray for him before? If you ever called her and asked her to pray and she said, well, I'm not really ready for that. Hmm? Nope, she jumps right on it, doesn't she? Jumps right on it. Just like she jumped on that man on the side of the highway years and years ago and commanded him to live, a man who was having a heart attack and, 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 and was dying. And she commanded him to live. And he didn't have a choice. He, he did. He lived through the experience and he's always ready. I appreciate that very much. You got to stay ready, ready to lead, ready to pray, ready to step into that moment because God's putting scenarios out there for you all the time. He's setting things up. God has a divine plan and you're part of it. So you might as well acknowledge that and be ready to be used. Amen. Are you okay out there? Almost through? Verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Say, I'm unashamed. unashamed. See, do you know why Paul says that? This is what I, I love about the gospel. You can be unashamed of the gospel because the gospel has no shame in it. There's no shame. There's no, well, if you would get right... You need to get right with God. You need to get out of that sin. You need to turn. You need, there's no shame in it. There's no shame in pointing us to the one who died for all of our sins, who was buried in that tomb and who rose again. There's no, there's no shame in that message. There's only goodness. There's only hope. There's only life. There's only peace. There's only 
joy and blessing in that. There's no shame in it. What's there to be ashamed of the gospel? Man, I hear people say, they, they, they make the gospel something that it's not all the time. They say, it's, believing's not everything. Well, 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 hang on a second. Believing is everything. Otherwise, Jesus, Jesus would have had to say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes and jumps through hoops and goes through religious gyrations and makes sure they're in church every few days or so and repents of their sins and whoever... He said, whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life, period. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Lest anybody should say, I had a part to play in this. No, you had no part to play except to receive it by faith. That's the only, that's the only proper response to the grace of God is to just say, I, I believe that. I, I'll take that. And God says, all right, good. You're born again. How can he be that good when he knows, didn't he see how bad I've been? Yeah, but your bad wasn't near as bad as his good was good. And where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Hallelujah. Yeah, we can sit all day long and think about all the sin that's out there in the world and all the trouble. Yeah, we are in trouble. This world, Jesus said, be a good cheer. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Duh, there's trouble out there. There's sin out there. Amen. It'll be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You think about all the sin out there, then just take one more thought past that and go, is there that, if there's that much sin, how much grace is there? How much more grace is there? Oh, my God. Oh, let's not exalt sin above grace. Hmm? Sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, you're under grace. Woo! And those who receive an abundance of grace will reign in life. Well, how can it be that easy? Well, a few years ago, Betty Crocker came out with a cake mix that was simply said on the box, just add water. Did any of you mamas remember that cake mix? Just add water. Boy, doesn't that help? So they thought it would help, but it didn't help. Nobody was buying it. Mama's had problems with that. Just add water. So they started getting letters in the mail. And they started getting phone calls. Uh, I think this is not working. You expect me to buy a product where just add, there's no way that can work. And, and, and they had so much complaint and so many calls and they had so few sales that Betty Crocker listened. So they added one little addendum. Just add water and one egg. And they started buying it. They just started buying it. The sales went up. Huh? It couldn't have been that. Oh, 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 believing's not everything. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be sincere. You gotta do this. You gotta turn from that sin. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. No, he already did it. He gotta, he did it. All I have to do is believe. And it is that easy. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around how simple it is. But it is that if you're going to be saved, if you're going to come into a right relationship with God, you're going to have to just get rid of the way you think. You're going to have to get rid of your religion. You have to get rid of your legalism, all the things that you think you have to do and just come as a child to him, hang on his words and say, you did all that for me. All right. All I got to do is add my faith. Hallelujah. I'll do it. Ladies and gentlemen, anybody in here can give that message. Well, I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. 
Yes, you are. You're a Christian. You're a preacher. You might not be a preacher like up on this day. We all have this call by God to declare this message. And I'm trying to help you today. It's very easy. It's very easy. You know how many people I have come in contact with that I've told them that Jesus died for their sins, he was buried, and have not heard it that simply? Have not heard it that simply? Just tell them. Just tell them that simple message, and they go, I've never heard that. Have you ever been to church? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never heard it that simple. Man. I'm unashamed. I'm unashamed of the gospel of Christ. See, because here's the thing. It's not my job to save them. Pressure's not on me to save them. Pressure's on me to just tell them. The gospel has the power in it. Are you hearing me? I, I, I somewhat act like I'm God if I try to add to it. I think I've got, no, I've got, no, I've got to make sure. that I, I, They have to know that they really need God. So I've got to make sure that they know just how dark and how terrible their situation, just how sinful they are. That way they can really see it. Hey, 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 you're a human. You are a man. Stay in man's territory and get out of God's territory. All right? You deliver the message. God will do the saving. All right? Amen. You just deliver the message. Unashamed. Of that simple gospel, it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? Everyone. Everybody say everyone. Say everyone again. Say everyone. How many people do you see every day? You see them out there all the time. The gospel is the power for all of them. Woo! I am a debtor. That's why we're still here. I am ready, and I am unashamed. Father, we thank you for this this message today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. God, thank you for the reminder today of who we are. Lord, what an amazing thing that you've saved us and that you've given us an eternal home and glory, that you loved us so much that you gave us Jesus, and with him we got every good thing. Every good thing in our life, Father, has come from you. Thank you, Lord, for that. You're so good and you're so gracious. Hallelujah. Father, thank you, Lord, for helping us to never forget just how wonderful your grace is so that we'll live our lives in that reality every day, that we'll let our speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that we may know how we ought to answer every man. That all of us today will take up the challenge today. That when we walk out of here today, Lord, that we'll remember that we're in debt. That there's a world out there that needs you, and we are the ones to carry the message to that world. And that we'll be ready for any moment, ready for the moment, ready for the situation, ready for the door to open, ready to seize that moment. And do it unashamed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Today, I want to invite you to make a decision. There's some here in this room today. You need to make a very serious decision. That is to come to a right relationship with God. 
And when you think about God, you think about somebody who's so far away from you. But he's not so far away. He came to you. God became a man, and he lived on this earth. He was born of a woman, and he lived on this earth. God put Jesus under the care of a mother. How special are mothers? And he lived a sinless life. There was a penalty that was looming over mankind because of a man named Adam who sinned in the Garden of Eden, who ate fruit from a tree that he was not supposed to eat from. And that sin completely covered the earth. All of us were born into that sin. Pretty hopeless when you think about it like that, but the Bible says that, that one, by that one man's sin, death came to all of us. But thank God, another Adam came, the last Adam came. His name is Jesus Christ. And he reversed the curse. Where sin was covering the earth, the Bible says much more the grace of God. <laughs> much more. Christ blessed us. When he took upon his own self the penalty for all of us. He bore the penalty for all of us for our sin. And all you have to do today to come into a right relationship with God. Not about going to church. Church is good. It's a good start. But it's about your heart believing that he did it for you. Jesus died for all the world. He died for you. That means he died for you. And if you're here today and you've never received that grace into your life and accepted Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior, You've never put your faith in him for salvation. Today, I want to invite you to make that decision. Above any decision that you could ever make in this world, there are a lot of important decisions in this world to make. None of them compare to the decision for Christ. He did everything that was necessary for you to come into a right relationship with God and to have heaven as your home. All you have to do today is to accept it by faith. Is there anyone here, just between you and me, every head bowed and every eye closed, just between you and me and God, I want to see you. If you're here, say, Pastor Eric, I want to be saved today. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.